Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin! Hello and welcome to the first episode of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. Yeah, you just heard it. Uh, we're coming to you from the uh, not-so-sunny confines of suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada, here on June 20th, 2017. Thanks for embarking on this journey with me. I hope you enjoy what you hear and gaining deeper insights into the Star Wars universe. Uh, the name, as you can maybe tell, it's your classic double entendre. Uh, one meaning we're, we're examining the saga through Anakin's story, and I'll get to where I come from that in a minute. But uh, we're going to conclude the first, you know, oh, for Christ's sake, his less than wise decisions, his eventual fall to the dark side, and deeper coherent themes throughout the saga throughout certainly the first six episodes and then we can of course bring in the the new films as they pertain we don't quite know uh, what the last jedi will hold but hopefully that will add to our richer re reading of the star wars saga uh the second meaning of of the title and this is perhaps this is maybe my main goal for this podcast it's literal it's for Christ's sake, Anakin. Uh, one of the one of the big major things I come to with the star to the Star Wars saga with is the lens of the Christian faith, and uh, what I'm deeply interested in is articulating how can Christianity and yes, and other faiths interpret Star Wars, interpret uh, what George Lucas is trying to get at, uh, tease out the themes and. and the influences that maybe pertain to the Christian tradition and to other traditions as well. Uh, but also, how can Star Wars interpret Christianity? We're, we're living in this world where, where Christian, the Christian church is not the main ship here, not running the ship. Uh, we, we are placed, Christians are placed within a broader society. And uh, our first goal and the goal of this podcast, maybe not our first goal, but the goal of this podcast is what called dialogue and the type of dialogue as understood in the ecumenical movement. And if you don't know what the ecumenical movement is, it was a uh, movement to get different Christian traditions talking to each other, working together. Um, it's since moved to be a matter of mutual understanding and mutual support. And it certainly includes the interfaith dialogues, which are slightly different and have a slightly different uh, focus in mind, uh, given maybe differing worldviews more deeply. But that's where I come to with this podcast is, where is there a dialogue of mutual understanding, of mutual interpretation, reciprocal interpretation of Star Wars saga and of the Christian faith? Um, my hope is to alternate between, uh, the two meanings, if you will. Uh, one, one hope here is I, I'm interested in, certainly interested in Star Wars as Star Wars and commenting on it. There's news that comes out. There's topics that I want to discuss that are just, oh, hey, I read this book or we're, you know, coming up on season four of Rebels in a few months and, of course, when Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, comes out, uh, I will give my reaction response just as any other Star Wars fan, I hope. 
Um, but then I also will bring up topics and themes and ideas uh, and pertaining likely to the prequels and not just the prequels throughout the whole saga where I see the interaction between Star Wars and the Christian faith. Uh, thinking specifically about the role of Anakin as this messianic chosen one of links between the Jedi and the church and the fall of the Jedi and the fall of Christendom uh, are major things I'm thinking about. Uh, the role of the force. And this is, this is the deep one. And again, I know I understand that a lot of where George Lucas was coming from was uh, from Buddhist ideas of, of balance and light and dark. But there may be also understand uh, uh, room in there for what how do Christians understand good and evil and the will of good and the will of God and the will of providence is, is a technical term, but we can get into it as the will of the force, as you know, how we can a lot of things happen in Star Wars that maybe can't be fully explained, and that's what's beautiful about it. How can we say there's this mystical will that's actually actively bringing things about and i think we might even see more of that in episode 8 the last jedi i think we see a lot of it in the prequels and we see a bit of it in the original trilogy as well uh, so that's where i'm coming from uh just a little bit about me then i'll say my day job quote unquote it's more than a day job i'm currently in discerning uh, ordained ministry through the Anglican Diocese of Edmonton. That's uh, definitely more than, again, more than a day job. It's about what I bring to the table there, what I bring to interacting with people and understanding, communicating the Christian faith in this world, in this time, in real people's real lives. And of course that involves my own real life. Uh, part of Part of where I come from is I got uh, an MTS, a Master of Theological Studies in Urban International Development from Wycliffe College. I got a Master of Arts in Theology from Regis College, although also very much part of the Wycliffe College community. These are both seminaries. If you've been to U of, the University of Toronto, you've kind of maybe you've seen them around. You're kind of curious about what they what those odd churchy signs are. <laughs> That's what my education is, and I actually do believe that that has prepared me in part for how I approach the Star Wars saga. Uh, my MA thesis was on uh, the Eucharist and the church and communion and our practices and how they can actually be taken up into this deeper thing that God is doing and can, how we can actually make that claim the same way how we can claim that the will of the force is <laughs> active and present, how, uh, what is happening when Anakin is trying to fulfill his destiny or when Qui-Gon Jinn is trying to tap into be mindful of the living force. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, for example, I would say very strong links to the figure of John the Baptist is a good example of where I see a strong parallel. That's a whole episode. Uh, I'll love to get into that. Um, on going to the, the sci-fi fan side, uh, I'll, I'll confess this right off the bat. I grew up a Trekker. <laughs> uh, my 
younger brother was born in 1987 and in November of 1987 and the, just right then uh, Next Generation came out and my mom who had been one of the original uh, original series fans and I you know her and I you know I was I was two and a half years old at the time and so on her mat leave with my brother that's how the three of us would would spend her mat leave was by watching the Next Generation and. So those themes are ingrained in me. More recently, as I began to, as I studied theology uh, more in depth and uh, began to have a deeper appreciation for the richness and the lore, a bit of a, a cynicism about Gene Roddenberry's optimism about progress and science and would rather and prefer this uh, deeper, what I believe is a deeper and richer narrative of light and dark of a cosmic force that guides and, and aids people's actions and uh, yeah and, and again <laughs> this both the hero's journey of luke skywalker and i would argue more deeply the hero's journey of anakin skywalker his rise his fall and his return to bring balance to the force again that's <laughs> a lot going on there but that that grabbed me, especially in the last last few years, um, and and so I, I I've just become far more of a, a Star Wars fanboy. I <laughs> I've started to collect a lot more of the the ships, a lot more of the action figures, um, reading a lot more reading the canon books, and I mean the 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 Disney Purge. Say what you will. Uh, I know a lot of people who loved loved those stories and were deeply uh, deeply saddened that Disney decided no we're gonna put them off into legends and go in this new direction. Um, but I frankly didn't really get into the EU all that much. I did read a little bit here and there. I had heard of this Thrawn character, heard of this Mara Jade character, but uh, was coming at the new canon with a bit of a fresher slate. And so. Um, the my my kind of completest personality would not be overwhelmed by now there's only what 50 new books i don't know supposed to the hundreds and hundreds and sorting through and it's all one coherent canon now and uh i'll comment on maybe do another episode on what just the state of the canon what they're trying to do hopefully bring some guests in for that um so so that's about a bit about me uh some of my influences more recently in terms of podcasts, uh, you know, things I've listened to. Again, another another source for uh, my Star Wars knowledge is uh, an in interpretation here is the, the wonderful, amazing work of Full of Sith. Uh, I'm sure some of you have heard about this. Uh, I've, well, hopefully post this very podcast on to the Fall of Seth Facebook page, the, the Facebook group there that it has full of amazing in-depth insights of discussion. The podcast itself, uh, I started listening when when Amy Ratcliffe was, was on and that was actually part of what drew me because I knew she had uh, been writing for StarWars.com and so one of some of the excellent voice, she's an excellent voice that she provides and uh, encountering <coughs> Brian Smith and Mike Pilot and all the, the insights that they bring, and, and Holly Fry has come on and, and done an amazing job there. 
Um, yeah, I also listened to, started listening to the uh, uh, Beltway Banthas, and that's an amazing podcast looking at politics from an American perspective, uh, politics and Star Wars. And thanks to uh, Stephen Kent and Suara Saleh for uh, getting me hooked on that too. That's another interest of mine. I got an undergrad degree in political science. And so, um, yeah, maybe looking at Star Wars and Canadian politics might be part of something I do here. Star Wars and uh, international politics is definitely, again, especially in the prequel trilogy, a lot going on. And in, and we'll see in the sequel trilogy some things, especially now the, the New Republic has been kabloom, kaput. We'll see how the resistance picks up the pieces there. Um, another source for me has been the uh, Jedi Council on the Collider uh, YouTube channel. Watch that every Thursday. Uh, they, I mean, they're definitely more in fans. Of, they're not too hot on the prequel trilogy, but uh, they're certainly a great source for news and response and reaction. They know the film industry. Um, and through that, uh, Ken Napsok, who is on the Clutter Jedi Council, I've gotten to know, I found the, uh, uh, his, uh, Force Center podcast, podcast feed, which he does with Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, so they, uh, I'm just starting to get into them a little and they, they've got some, some good, uh, good content there. And lastly, uh, got to do a shout out to Star Wars Explained with Alex Damon, uh, incredible lore, incredible insights and incredible depth of <laughs> Star Wars knowledge and trivia. And if you want to know anything there is to know about the fa- on the fact side, and then he does a weekly Q and A that gives his opinions on things and insights on things. And, uh, so that, those are my, my current influences right now. Um, say full of Sith, uh, Ken Napsok and Scrimshaw, uh, what does this come together? Looking at Anakin, what does this come together? Here's the thing. I am what's known. I got this label from Ken Napsok. I am what's known as a Star Wars prequelist. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, that does not, no, that does not believe, I mean, I think that the prequels are better than the original trilogy. It means I think they are pretty darn good still, especially episodes one, episode three. So three, you know, yeah, of course, objectively, Empire Strikes Back is the best film ever. That's objectively true. Uh, <laughs> at least, you know, at least we can all agree on that part. Um, but Revenge of the Sith, I keep coming back to as the most inter- enjoyable, the most for me, the the richest experience of watching a Star Wars film. I would argue it's the most important because it shows the linchpin of the saga of Anakin Skywalker falling to the dark side and becoming Darth Vader. Um, if you, you know, if I'm looking at the saga through Anakin's eyes, because I'm looking at it from a Christian perspective of Anakin as an image of Christ, as the chosen one, and that's debated. I'm going to uphold that he is the chosen one, uh, largely in part or in part because in Return of the Jedi, He's the one in the right place at the right time to kill Darth Sidious and end Darth Vader's life and thereby destroying the Sith and bringing balance to the galaxy. We'll see what that means if that's that interpretation is entirely true But uh, when, when The Last Jedi comes out. But what we do know is 
uh, if I'm going to look at things that way, uh, the, the prequel trilogy is very much a rich minefield of story of uh, characters. Clone Wars series, they've definitely helped. Uh, another thing that helped is looking at it through the eyes of a kid. Um, that's one of the major things of Star Wars, one of the things I wonder if people who were already adults by the time the prequel trilogy came out, like me, uh, when they were kids, of course, they loved the original trilogy because it appealed to their sense of wonder and imagination. Uh, what we're seeing now are people, kids who, a lot of kids who were people who were kids when the prequel trilogy came out, they love it. They have no problem with Jar Jar Binks. They think he uh, is goofy and awkward and an outcast. A lot of them just like them. And uh, one thing I can't stand is all the kill Jar Jar nonsense. He, that's violent and frankly a little despicable. <laughs> um, and and we, we need to get into the deeper meaning of that character too. And uh, again, I point you to, to Brian, to Brian Smith and uh, what he's, how he's understood Jar Jar as the key to everything and relating it to Yoda reflecting on Dagobah and then how instructing Luke to trust the Ewoks in return of the Jedi. So that's my sense of the Star Wars saga. Uh, I, you know, I definitely, of course, love the original trilogy. I'm going to do another watching of Return of the Jedi sometime soon. Um, I might even release a podcast, just thoughts on that. Uh, but that's uh, that's where I come from, in, in that, for me, the prequels aren't simply backstory. That ruins the original trilogy by uh, filling in <laughs> things that we could just leave as lore. No, it's... And maybe that's simply just the way I approach story is, uh, you know, we want to fill out lore. We want to fill out this richer saga. Some people, they highlight them. They feel the need to highlight, and that's fair enough. Highlight that for them, Star Wars will always be the saga of Luke Skywalker and his journey. And that's fair enough. That's how they've, they've grown accustomed to it. And that's what they what they see as focusing on. Whether or not that was George Lucas's original vision, we could debate endlessly over and over. Um, what we all we do know is Luke is the one certainly who helps bring back the return of Anakin Skywalker, the return of the Jedi, and uh, and so he's a critically important character. I'd say Ahsoka Tano is also a very important character. If you've seen the Clone Wars, you'll know what I mean by that, uh, and. And yeah, but I do believe that episode three especially shows us what the first six films are about. Again, we don't know what episode eight will confirm, what it'll deny, what it'll leave a mystery. What episode nine will confirm or deny or leave a mystery. I suspect actually a lot of things will stay mysterious. Lucasfilm likes that. They want us to speculate. They want us to keep talking. Not just because it brings us money, brings them money rather, but because that's part of the fun. That's part of the point is we, once once something's answered, yeah, Some in, on the one hand, we love it when something gets answered. On the other hand, uh, there's still this 
fun. I get to make a podcast. You get to respond. Other people get to make podcasts and speculate and do blogs and all this wonderful things till the end of the world, till till kingdom come. Um, because some things just like, I mean, for example, uh, I, I hope they never tell us what Yoda's species is. I hope they never fully show us Anakin's conception. If they do, yeah, you can see, <laughs> can guess what I'd, what I'd hope it would be. It better be actually as episode one tells it, um, a virgin birth conceived by the will of the force. I know the Darth Plagueis novel, that was another reason why I, I tend to, uh, I found love for the prequels is James Lucino's now legends, Darth Plagueis novel. That was the one where like, ah, oh, wish that were canon. Um, it's kind of headcanon to me. That's a whole other debate. Um, headcanon until contradicted. Uh, you know, but yeah, it, show, it goes into a little bit how that happened. And I, I think the way James Lucino goes into it, 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 how Anakin's conception happens. And I think that's a fascinating way. It may not be the way Lucasfilm wants to address it in the future. Um, we don't know. They may, again, they might not want to address it at all. They might, they're more interested in other stories right now. And, and that's great. <laughs> um, let's track with where they're going. So just to recap, uh, Christian faith and Star Wars, uh, reading it through Anakin's eyes. I love the prequels. I love the original trilogy. I enjoyed force awakens. Uh, uh, I, I agree with what some people said about how Force Awakens could have could have had a bit more of the prequel treatment in terms of uh, the presence of politics. Let's see what's. I mean, those of you who've read Bloodline, those of you who've read some other sources, know what's going on when you know when the First Order destroys Hosdin Prime, who those people are, why they're there uh, on the balcony, all that stuff. Give us a bit more of an emotional push. I think. We see episode eight and we see some things are actually going to show us a little more. So that's, uh, that's where I'm coming from. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, you'll notice it's just me currently right now. Uh, I am definitely going to consider, well, I've definitely opened having guests come in and share their thoughts. I, uh, am also very much interested in looking at co-hosts and other partners and, Definitely just dialogue partners generally. Um, if you are interested in, in helping out and got any suggestions, any comments, uh, you know, send me a, a Facebook message or in better video, find me. I'm at NEUG485 on Twitter and Instagram MNEUG1138. Good old classic Star Wars Instagram post. So uh, send me a message there and I'll try and respond as best I can. Um, thanks so much for listening. This has been episode one, not the Phantom Menace, but episode one of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. Thanks for listening again, and see you around the galaxy.